0: Father, thank you for Tom, and I thank you, Lord, for the word you're going to share with us through him. So, Lord, would you bless him mightily, and as he shares with us, would you bring about an amazing grace in our hearts and lives to be empowered by this word, to go and live full of your joy, full of your grace, able to live differently for your glory, our good, and the benefit of others. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Mark. Good evening, friends. Great to be with you tonight. Can I ask you to grab the Bible from in front of you in your seats and turn to Romans chapter six, which I think is on page 1,132. That's what it is in my Bible, which I think is the same as yours. Uh, Romans chapter six, which should be on page 1,132. Uh, And I'm very relieved as I start this talk. I was preaching this morning at St. Seds, and when I got up to um, to stand at the front, and then I opened up my Bible to where my sermon notes normally were. I looked down and they weren't there and I had a complete mind blank and so I spent the first minute of the talk flicking the pages of my Bible thinking they've got to be here somewhere and they weren't there so I took a deep breath and preached with with no notes at all and you are in luck tonight that my sermon notes are here so you're actually going to get what was prepared not just what comes out of the top of my head so God is gracious to us isn't he Um, I want to ask a very simple question tonight we've just heard those wonderful stories of eight lives transformed by Jesus uh, my question to you is this, what difference, what difference does Easter make in your life? Since Easter is the heart of our faith, it's a, another way of saying, how does Christianity work in your life for you? What's the difference that it makes? What difference does the death and the resurrection of a man on a Roman cross 2,000 years ago, what difference does it make, what difference can it make in your life? Uh, And that's a a question for you, however uh, you are, whatever your story, whatever brings you tonight, you might be uh, like some of the people here coming to this church your whole life, you might be all in as a Christian. Uh, You might be here, this might be your first time in church, maybe your first time in church ever or your first time in church for years, dragged along to support a friend or just come in off the street. You're so welcome if it's your first time here, we're really glad you could be here. You might be thinking, what on earth is this whole Christianity thing about? It's a question for you. Uh, And it's a question for you too, if you would call yourself a Christian, but if you're honest, you're not all in. You've kind of been trying to work out exactly how you relate to the Christianity thing, even though you kind of believe it. It's a question for you too. What difference, what difference does Jesus' resurrection make? And let's read together Romans chapter 6, and let's read verses 1 to 11. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who've died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So Paul gets into our question this way in verses one and two. He, he asks, why do we do what we do? Why, why do we make the choices that we make? Why do we do good things? Why do we do bad things? What, what difference does Jesus' resurrection make to the way that we live every day, nine to five? Uh, and it's important because we all want to live well. We're all making choices all the time. Uh, And it reminds me so vividly of a conversation I had when I was training to be a vicar. I'll never forget this conversation. Um, We were doing a mission week at Cambridge University, and I was sitting in the college bar talking to a 20-year-old undergraduate, very intelligent, very driven, very high-performing, and we were talking about Jesus. Um, And I remember we were talking about what we're looking for in life, what's driving us in life, what's motivating us. uh, And I'd shared with her a bit of my testimony, just as we've heard eight stories from those we are celebrating with tonight. Uh, and for me, in 30 seconds, I was a very anxious child, like, like Sam when I was 9 or 10, I was bullied in school, I didn't think I was good enough, uh, and I just didn't like myself very much. At 10, 11, and 12, I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. And for me, the difference that coming to know Jesus has made is one word, it's peace. Peace. It is the peace of knowing that I am loved and accepted by God, but not based on anything that I do. I don't have to perform. I don't have to earn it. There's not a bar I've got to reach. I'm loved by him because of what he did for me on the cross, accepted as I am. And it means that every morning I wake up and my first prayer of the day it tends to be, thank you, God, you love me so much that I can't screw it up today. Whatever I do, however badly the day goes, whatever goes wrong, God won't stop loving me. And that led me to accept myself, and it's led me to this deep, Peace. I don't feel anxious anymore. I'm loved by God as I am. That's my story. But I can remember her reaction as I shared that story. She reared back. She was shocked. And the words she said, her response was so revealing. She said, but then why would you do anything? How would you achieve anything if you don't have to? That was her question. See, in in her work-driven, high-pressure culture, you get what you earn. And if you want it all, you've got to earn it all. And so you live under this constant and unrelenting pressure to drive, to achieve, to be more, to do more because it all comes down to me. And in that high-pressure culture, however hard you work, it's like you never reach the bar because you're continually driving. And she couldn't understand what it would be like to live not from pressure but from grace, not because we're driven and strong but because we're loved and accepted in Jesus. And that's one window into the problem that the Bible addresses, that Paul's talking about here in Romans chapter 6. It's the problem the Bible calls sin in religious language. You could call it our seemingly natural inclination to mess things up. It's what we do as people. Um, However hard we try, it's part of being human. We break things, we break relationships, we break others, we break ourselves. Uh, We set ourselves a standard, and however hard we try, we can't seem to live as we want to. I done it just today i want to be a really kind and loving father to my kids but when they woke me up three times last night i wasn't a very patient father uh, i would have liked to have been a more patient father especially when we discovered that one of them was probably had a cold and that was why they would kept waking up but however hard we try we don't quite live up to how we want to be and, and verse 6 of the passage we've just read describes us for that re- reason as being slaves to sin enslaved to it because this experience of brokenness it rules us that's the other language it uses in verse 6 it says that we were ruled by sin because we're not free to live as we want to i want to be a really good husband a really good dad a really good vicar i want to be more generous i want to be more kind but however much i want to do those things every day i don't quite do them as i want to we're not free to live as we want to we're enslaved we're ruled by this brokenness that we experience in life uh, and we're, we're striving for a bar that we can't quite reach And so we're unable to live as we long to. We have so many hopes, but our experience is brokenness. Uh, And this Cambridge student I spoke to, for her, she experienced it as pressure. But the constant need to do and be more, but never reaching, unable to. No matter how hard we try, we can't get there. I don't know how you experience it, this problem right at the heart of our humanity, our seemingly natural inclination to mess things up. What's the Bible's answer? What's the answer to the problem of sin? This power that enslaves us, this master that rules us, this brokenness that haunts us. Often people assume that sin is kind of a superficial problem about our behaviour and that the Bible just tells us rules about what we should do and shouldn't do and that we're meant to try harder and live better. Uh, but we know that rules about what we can and can't do, they never solve our ultimate problem because they can't change our hearts. If it was that simple, then government, just by making some good laws, would be able to fix all the problems in the world. But even if we had really good government, we know that that wouldn't work, would it? Because laws and legislation, they only skim the surface. They can't change the human heart. And instead, we see here in Romans chapter 6 three consequences of Jesus' resurrection. That changed everything changed everything for me they can change everything for you too if you want to experience that tonight in Jesus resurrection we see here we gain a new relationship a new freedom and a new power a new relationship a new freedom and a new power that's what Jesus achieved for us at Easter and Paul offers us two images in this passage he describes how we go from being slaves to being free and how we go from being dead to being alive. So here's the first thing it's in verses 3 to 5. We gain this new relationship because we've been united with Christ. Verse 3 Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Did you hear, hear that language? We've been baptised into Jesus, not just into the water. The word baptised literally means immersed, submerged. We've been submerged in Jesus. We've been united with Jesus. And what that means is that what happens to him happens to us. What happens to him happens to us. We often talk about, I don't know if you've heard this uh, as Christians, how God Holy Spirit comes to live inside us. I don't know if you've ever heard people talk about God's Spirit coming to live inside us. Well, it's, it's not wrong, but I think it's actually a bit misleading. Uh, and you can think about it this way. If I took a bucket, if I was at the seaside and I took my bucket and I threw it into the sea and the bucket got filled up with seawater and it was carried out by the tide, I could say that the sea's in the bucket, couldn't I? And that would be true. The bucket's full of seawater. But I'd be much like, more likely to say that the bucket is in the sea because the sea's a lot bigger than the bucket yes the sea's in the bucket but much more the buckets in the sea and so with us when we become christians yes god's spirit's in me but that's not actually the main thing the main thing is that i am in jesus that i'm immersed into jesus baptized into jesus united with jesus i'm in him just as we get submerged in the water here baptized down there we're submerged united immersed in him and what that means is that what happened to him happens to us if the buckets in the sea if the sea goes fast the bucket goes fast if the sea gets hot the bucket gets hot if there's a storm on the sea there's a storm for the bucket whatever happens to Jesus happens to us and that's what changes everything because at Easter 2,000 years ago Jesus died and that means we gain not just a new relationship but a new freedom See, before we were ruled by sin, in verse 6, enslaved by, unable to live as we long to. But because Jesus died, you and I are set free. Remember, what happened to him happens to us because we're immersed in him. So because he died, we die with him. We're baptized into his death. It's in verses 4 and 5. If we, therefore, were baptized into his death, then we too will be raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, if we've been united with him in a death like his. Verse six, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Anyone who has died has been set free from sin. When we, when Jesus died, And when he fills us with his life and his spirit, when we get united with him, we are baptized into his death. We're filled by the spirit who died. We're filled by the death of Jesus. And if you think about it, if you're a slave and you've got a master and you've got to do whatever the master tells you to do and you're not free because you've just got to obey because you're a slave, if you die, you're not a slave anymore the master has no more control over you you don't have to do whatever that you're told you're no longer a slave death gets you out of slavery it might not be the nicest exit from slavery but it does get you out well we have died with jesus and that means that we are no longer ruled by sin you see while god made us good We've broken ourselves and our world for our sin, and we experience that brokenness in our lives when they don't work as they should. But however hard we try, we can't escape it. And that's why we're called slaves. And we're imprisoned by it, imprisoned by by, by our sin, like a cancer in our system that has to be got rid of for us to live. But how do we escape it? Well, only one way was possible. Jesus died so that we might die with him be cut off from being ruled by sin. Uh, And so Jesus came to die that death for us and to open the door to his new life. Because you and I are filled with his spirit, because we're united with him, what happened to him happens to us. If the bottle's in the sea, whatever happens to the sea happens to the bottle. And so because we're in him, we become dead to sin, just as he died to sin. Uh, It's it's like a blood transfusion. If your body's not working properly and your blood's not able to sustain your life and you're in trouble because your blood's not working properly, what do they do? They take out the blood that's diseased or not working and they put in new blood, healthy, living blood that will sustain your body and bring you life. And that new blood that's put into you, you will sustain your body, keep you going. We receive Jesus' death. We receive Jesus' blood. And so we're separated from that old relationship to sin. Um, I'm not saying that um, we become perfect in this life. not saying that everything, therefore, will always be exactly as it should be. Uh, and Jesus' blood isn't magic, so it's not like being immersed in him replaces our willpower. Augustine said, without him we cannot, without us he will not. Without him we cannot, without us he will not. What that means is that you and I will still face the temptation to sin. But now we don't face it alone. Where before we couldn't break free, we couldn't defeat sin, we couldn't live the life we were created to live, we couldn't be reconciled to God our maker, now we can in him. We have a new relationship, we're united with him, a new freedom from sin. And finally we have a new power living within us if we choose to give ourselves to Jesus as Lord. The bar we couldn't reach gets reached for us. And the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. My friends, this is the good news of Easter. This is the difference that the resurrection makes. This is how the gospel works, that we have a new relationship united with Christ, us in him and him in us, filled with his spirit. We have a new freedom, no longer enslaved by sin because we've been baptized into his death, no longer ruled by our brokenness. And we have a new power. Jesus' resurrection life living within us. Because he's filled us with his spirit, the spirit of the one who rose from the grave. From verse 8. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Because Jesus did not stay dead. On the third day, he rose again. Death has no mastery over him. He can't die again. He rose and is reigning on high. And because we are baptized into Jesus, we share his life. We have that power within us. It's his spirit that lives inside us it's his blood that flows through our veins it's his power that changes us day by day to become more like him his victory that guarantees our future his relationship with God that we receive his life that lives inside us his resurrection that we share and so we can count ourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Jesus what does it mean to be alive to God in Jesus It means that you and I, we are accepted. And we are given new power. We're accepted. But we don't need to earn it. He's done it all. It's his resurrection. We gain it. And we're given a new power. We don't have to be controlled by, ruled by, enslaved to sin anymore. We have his life inside us. And as we close, that's the answer I gave to that student who couldn't understand living from grace. Why do we do anything? Why do we work? Why do we make choices? Why do we live the way that we do? Well, because we live from a new relationship and a new freedom and a new power. We live from this new relationship. We're united with Jesus. We're, we're accepted by him through grace. I don't have to earn his love. He's done it all. And, but when you love someone, you want to do the kind of things that will please them. It's it's no longer I who live, but it's he who lives inside me. His spirit fills me. His power surrounds me. And so I want to live for him because of how much he has loved me. We've gained this new relationship of grace. We live from a new freedom. Don't have to live controlled by sin anymore because I've been filled with the death of Jesus The power of sin over us has been broken when we were covered by his blood. Filled with Jesus' death, we count ourselves dead to sin. And we live from a new power. His resurrection life filling us. We're empowered to live a new life because Jesus was raised for us from the dead. And so when I'm tempted to sin and I know that there's something that I, want to, that I want to do but I shouldn't do, and I think, Lord, how do I beat this? I say, Lord, help me. I'm not strong enough to go your way. I just, I'm, I'm not strong enough. Lord, would you help me to live for you? And his power fills us. His spirit bears in us day by day the fruit of his spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness. And I am more like Jesus today than I was 10 years ago, thank goodness. Not nearly as much like him, as so I'll be in 10 years' time or 10 years after that. But because I am united with him, filled with him, his spirit day by day makes me more like him. We have a new power to live for him, the way that life should have been before it was broken by our sin. It doesn't replace our willpower, but it enables us when we choose him to live his way. The question tonight is this. Do we want, do we want to be immersed in Jesus? Do we want his resurrection life in our hearts? Do we want to give ourselves to Jesus as Lord, to live his way for him in his power, like a bucket out in the vastness of the ocean, submerged in the vastness of the sea? Do we want to be united with Jesus? And will we choose to die to ourselves and live for him, to count ourselves dead to our old lives and him in the center. Will we ask the one who rose from the dead to fill us with his resurrection life, his victorious power, to immerse us and baptize us again in him this Easter so that we might count ourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Jesus. Would you stand with me and shall we pray? And we're not going to invite people forward tonight but i'm just going to invite invite you to respond wherever uh you are and i just w- i want to invite you today to say to jesus as we pray lord i want more of you lord i want to be immersed in you i want to be united with you i want to be filled with more of your spirit i want more of your resurrection life in my heart i want that new freedom from sin i want that new power in my life to look like you i want more of you jesus Uh, and if you want to to say that to say to god that you want more of him i just want to invite you to respond physically in some way hold out your hands as if you want to be filled by him lift up your hands Uh, you might want to you could kneel you could do anything but make some response i'm going to hold out my hands and just to say jesus i want more of you please and we pray come holy spirit and submerge immerse us baptize us in jesus We pray for more of your spirit tonight, Lord Jesus. We pray for your resurrection power, your victorious life, your triumph over the grave, your living hope to fill us anew this Easter. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray, and give us more of you. And we just wait. We give him space. We say, more of you, please, Lord. We want you so much. We love you so much.